RTHK News. It's one o'clock. I'm Andrew Shirovsky. The headlines. A study has shown that nearly everyone with allergies can safely take COVID vaccines. The hospital authority says seven major public hospitals have been operating at or over full capacity. And a patient's rights group has questioned whether 300 dedicated taxis are enough to transport COVID patients to designated clinics. A study has found that 98% of people suffering from allergies who had attended clinics to screen for COVID jabs are fit to be vaccinated. Dr. Philip Lee, an assistant professor at the University of Hong Kong's Department of Medicine, led a research team which analyzed data from eight public and one private clinic set up for allergy sufferers, which saw about 10,000 people. Dr. Lee wanted to reassure the public about the safety of both the Sinovac and the BioNTech jabs. That about 98% of our patients who are coming to our vaccine allergy safety clinics despite having histories of severe reactions, fears of um, severe drug, food, or other um, allergic reactions, even anaphylaxis, in the end were deemed fit and also followed up, found to be very safe to get uh, both forms of vaccinations in Hong Kong. The hospital authority has said nearly half of the 17 public hospitals with accident and emergency departments in the SAR reached full capacity yesterday amid the COVID-19 outbreak. Jimmy Choi reports. The hospital authority said the overall occupancy rate of 17 public hospitals was 95%. Among them, Prince of Wales Hospital was 108% full, while Tinsley Wai Hospital was 107% occupied. Chengguano Hospital, the United Christian Hospital, Caritas Medical Centre, Princess Margaret Hospital and Chunwen Hospital were also operating at full capacity. Daily figures released by the HA have also shown that more than 4,100 people visited the emergency departments on Wednesday, with around 17% of them being admitted. An infectious disease expert has urged the government to make sure it has enough facilities to isolate and treat COVID-19 patients if it were to roll out mandatory testing for everyone in Hong Kong. Joseph Chung from the Hong Kong Medical Association was speaking on an RTHK program after some local media quoted sources as saying the government has decided to order citywide tests in light of the surge of infections. A patient's rights group has expressed concern about the government's designated clinics for COVID patients. Alex Lam, chairman of Hong Kong Patients Voices, said it will mean people with mild COVID symptoms will be going out into the community to attend these clinics. He also questioned whether 300 dedicated taxis would be enough to transport the estimated 1,000 people a day who could attend these clinics. First, you need uh, 1,000 taxis you know, to, to bring and, and uh, these people to the, the clinic and back to the home. Uh, I think this is a serious uh, logistic uh, arrangement, which is, uh, to me, impossible. And, and secondly, you know, having this 1,000 people traveling around Hong Kong, in fact, the person traveling around Hong Kong is a disaster. Hong Kong's sole delegate to the nation's top legislative body, Tam Yu Chung, said that authorities should study whether next month's chief executive election should go ahead in view of the COVID outbreak. Tam Yu Chung told a commercial radio program that controlling the outbreak should be the city's top priority, as, as instructed by President Xi Jinping. He said other matters should give way to anti-epidemic works to avoid distraction. The Ombudsman has urged the government to tighten regulations for foreign domestic helper dormitories, saying any substandard facilities are unacceptable from a humanitarian point of view. It released a report into the matter after an investigation. Timmy Sung has the details. 
Dormitory conditions have been in the spotlight after domestic workers who came down with COVID-19 were found to have stayed at these places. Some helpers stay at boarding facilities that are usually operated by employment agencies before they fly home or while waiting for the immigration department to renew their work visa. The ombudsman Winnie Chiu said the government has no systemic data on the demand, locations, number and facilities of these dormitories, nor are there laws for regulating them. She said it's essential the government adopt measures to improve dormitory standards. The ombudsman said the Labour Department could create a database of dormitories and add new provisions to the Code of Practice to specify the standards for dormitories. She said it could also consider a licensing regime. The government has announced the seventh round of support for hard-hit businesses with over $400 million set aside for the tourism industry. Walk in Hong Kong, a local travel travel agency is expecting to benefit from the scheme. Its CEO, Paul Chan, says the subsidy amount should be doubled in light of the new wave of pandemic. In the previous round of outbreak, it takes about three to four months to resume actual face-to-face tours. With this wave, the number of cases that's been skyrocketing every day, so we expect it might take a bit longer as well. So if that goal is to help those struggling to survive this wave, which expected to last for doubly the time of the previous wave, and probably the subsidy needs to be doubled. The Hong Kong General Chamber of Commerce has revised downward its 2022 growth forecast for the local economy to 1.2%. That's 1.6 percentage points lower than it estimated from December, before the city was hit by the latest infection surge. The chamber has called on the government to hand out a new round of consumption vouchers of at least $4,000. HSBC and Bank of China say they've each shut around 10 of their branches after staffers tested positive for COVID. The two banks said co-workers of the employees will be tested and the premises disinfected. The branches in various parts of the city include Chim Sa Choi, Chunwan and North Point. They're closed until further noticed. The Macau government says it has tightened the entry requirement for travelers from Hong Kong in light of what it calls the changes in the territory's epidemic situation. Aaron Tam with the details. People heading to Macau via the Hong Kong Zhuhai Macau Bridge now have to wait at the port until their COVID PCR test results come out. Those who test negative will be sent to a hotel for medical surveillance, while those who are positive will be isolated. Health authorities there have also said a 41-year-old Hong Kong woman had tested weak positive for the virus several days after she entered Macau. She's since been classified as an imported asymptomatic patient. Overseas, and the United States says Russia continues to reinforce its military presence around the borders of Ukraine, with as many as 7,000 troops recently deployed. A White House official said Russia could at any moment stage an incident serving as a pretext for invasion. Moscow denies planning to invade. Here's the BBC's Mark Urban. We've seen more footage from the Russians today of troops being withdrawn from Crimea to bases further away from Ukraine, which they say is a fulfilment of this pledge that they'll go back to camp at the end of exercises. But those NATO tank counters uh, have come up with the verdict that no, if anything, there were even more going in the other direction that large numbers of forces, more than 100 of these assault units, these so-called battalion tactical groups, around a 1,000 soldiers in each, still remain close to the Ukrainian frontier, in position to execute orders to enter this country, should those orders come. 
NATO Secretary General Jens Stoltenberg has warned that Moscow's readiness to use military force in pursuit of its goals had created a new normal in Europe. Well, the new normal is that uh, Russia has demonstrated that uh, it really is willing to contest some of the fundamental principles for our security. The right for every nation to choose its own path, and also, of course, the right for NATO allies to defend and protect each other. They are actually suggested a legally binding treaty violating those principles. And they have used force, the biggest concentration of combat force since the end of the Cold War, to underpin uh, and to try to intimidate other countries in Europe. Britain's head of defense intelligence, Jim Hockenhull, said there was evidence that Russia was continuing to move forces towards the Ukrainian border. Russia has accused the West of whipping up hysteria around Ukraine while pumping it with weapons. The German Chancellor Olaf Scholz has announced a phased easing of anti-COVID restrictions. However, he stressed that Germans should continue to wear face masks and ask people to remain cautious as the pandemic was not yet over. Mr. Scholz said although daily infection rates remain high, the outlook was more positive than a few weeks ago. What's been achieved is that infections have increased less, and I think we can say we've achieved what we wanted, to protect the health and life of citizens, to avoid a lockdown, with the contact measures that were put in place to ensure exactly this situation. That's also the basis now for an optimistic outlook and the removal of a large part of the current restrictions in Germany, in three stages, bit by bit, by the start of the spring. U.S. President Joe Biden's senior medical advisor on the coronavirus, Dr. Anthony Fauci, has said it's time for Americans to start moving back towards normality, despite the remaining risks from the virus. Dr. Fauci said there was no perfect solution. Somebody's going to ask the question that I don't have the answer to. What's the balance? Really being strict to prevent any kind of infection or the negative impact on society of being too restrictive. And people argue about that all day. I mean, is the impact on mental health, is the impact on development of kids, is the impact on schools, is that balanced against trying to be totally pristine in protecting against infection? I don't have the right answer to that. Roughly 80 service members from the U.S. National Guard and Air Force in the American state of New Mexico have been stepping in for an emergency unlike others they have responded to before. The shortage of teachers that have tested the ability of schools nationwide to continue operating during the COVID pandemic. Army National Guard Specialist Michael Stockwell, whose previous missions include inspecting the U.S. border along Mexico during the migrant surge, said his posting as a substitute teacher at Alamogordo High School is a new challenge. You can't act Army with these kids. You can't speak the same way you would with another soldier with these kids. You can't treat them the same way. You have to be careful with corrective actions. A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 24,530. That's 188 points down on the previous close. Turnover stands at $57 billion. And in currency, a U.S. dollar will buy you 115.22 yen. The euro is standing at one U.S. dollar and 13 cents. And the pound is worth 10 Hong Kong dollars and 58 cents. In sport... Home favorite Gu Ailing finished first in her heat of the free ski half-pipe qualifications, meaning she's into the finals and will seek her third medal of the Games. She set the standard in qualifying with a first-run score of 93.75 before improving on that with a score of 95.5 on her second attempt. Gu, who already won gold in the big air and silver in the slope style, will compete 
in Friday's 12-woman final. And now to the story that's overshadowed the Winter Games. According to a New York Times report, Russian figure skater Kamila Velieva anti-doping sample shows traces of three drugs that can be used to treat heart conditions. Velieva has the lead going into tonight's figure skating final. The 15-year-old is being allowed to compete in Beijing despite testing positive for a banned angina drug. On Tuesday, the International Olympic Committee said Velieva has argued her positive drugs test was due to contamination with her grandfather's medicine. Travis Tigard is head of the U.S. Anti-Doping Agency. I think it's been a catastrophic failure of the anti-doping system that once again has allowed Russia to hijack the Olympic Games. And sports fans and clean athletes around the world have been extremely let down. And and additionally, I have a lot of sympathy for this young skater, although news out today is she was taking other um, substances, one additional drug. Um, all seem to be aimed at to increase oxygen carrying capacity, reduce the effects of hypoxia. Um, so you have to wonder, how does a 15 know and have the money to spend on these drugs? In football's European Champions League, late goals in Italy put Liverpool in charge of their last 16 tie against Inter. Headed down by Van Dijk, Canard is in there, Salah as well! Left foot finish, it's 2-0 to Liverpool, and Salah strikes, and Liverpool now take charge! Second-half goals from Roberto Firmino and Mo Salah gave Liverpool a 2-0 win away to Inter Milan, and it finished one all between Bayern Munich and RB Salzburg. More details from the BBC's Jordan Elgat. Mohamed Salah scored his first goal since returning to Liverpool from the Africa Cup of Nations as they won 2-0 against Inter Milan in the Champions League round of 16 first leg. Roberto Firmino opened the scoring for Jurgen Klopp's side after coming on as a substitute for Diogo Jota at half-time before Salah added a second to give them a nice cushion going into the second leg at Anfield. Elsewhere, a last-minute goal from Kingsley Coman earned Bayern Munich a one-all draw at Red Bull Salzburg. Nigeria's Chukwubike Adamu had given the Austrian champions the lead in the first half and taking a look at the weather cloudy with a few rain and mist patches it will be cool fresh to strong easterly winds the outlook windy in the next few days becoming cold appreciably with heavier rain on saturday still rainy from sunday to next monday and temperatures will fall to around 10 degrees it's now 15 degrees celsius and 89 percent relative humidity and to end the news our top stories once again A study has shown nearly everyone with allergies can safely take COVID vaccines. The hospital authority says seven major public hospitals have been operating at or over full capacity. And a patient's rights group has questioned whether 300 dedicated taxis are enough to transport COVID patients to designated clinics. And that's the news report at 1 o'clock from RTHK.
Afternoon and welcome to the One Two Three Show with me, Sadia Osmani. On the show today, after one thirty, I talk to Dixon Yoon, a multimedia artist and Chinese jeweler who's been collaborating with Sotheby's in Hong Kong to raise money for the Needle and Thread Charitable Foundation. On offer at a very special auction tomorrow at Sotheby's will be four of his iconic collectible jewelry items. More details from the man himself later. After 2 p.m., Yuki Chung, one of RTHK's producers, will be joining me in the studio as she has courageously accepted to be on the hot seat as my guest on Chinwag. She's going to talk to me today about the trials and tribulations and joys of working at home during the pandemic. And then after 2:30, we continue with the news and views on the art scene as Andrew Dembina is back with Art Scene Around. So, this is an action-packed program. From where I'm sitting now, things ain't looking all that good to me. People are struggling, yeah. Fighting for the things that should be free. Oh, what a world! What a world! What a world that we're living in. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. 